Cloudcast Media presents from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina. This is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome back to the Cloudcast slash Serverless Cast. Uh, we are coming to you live from the massive studios here in Raleigh, North Carolina. Actually, I'm coming to you live from a hotel room in San Francisco, and Aaron's coming to you live from Raleigh, North Carolina. Aaron, how are you today, man? Good. Yeah, we, we might as well call this the hotel cast because you're at a hotel. Our guests are in a hotel. Everyone's going to be on spotty Wi-Fi, um, except for me. I'm, I'm kind of anchoring it down. I'm doing the recording from here. So, so hopefully the quality w- won't be too bad, but we'll ask you to kind of bear with us a little bit with audio quality. Yeah, we're coming from uh, from all corners of the globe. Um, so, you know, before we uh, before we jump into the show, I'm going to put a little bit of a teaser out there for anybody who who follows the serverless stuff. And I know we're seeing a, a bigger uh, audience around that. Uh, we've got some pretty cool giveaways and some very cool discounts uh, for anybody that's interested in this space, wants to learn stuff in this space. So, I'm going to tease that a little bit. You're going to need to stick around. Tw- Towards the end, we'll give those away at the end. Uh, but it's going to be a really good show. Uh, really excited to have um, the guys from A Cloud Guru back on the show. It's been about a year. So Sam Cronenberg and Peter Sabarski, uh, co-founders of A Cloud Guru. Uh, guys, how are you? How are things down in uh, sunny Australia? You guys are down in Sydney, I believe. We are. Yeah, very good. Very good. It's actually quite nice and sunny here, and we're we're down here for the for the AWS Summit, uh, Sydney Summit. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah, it's been yeah really interesting here in Sydney over the past few days. And today, I think, is the last day of our summit. Yeah, yeah. So we, we like to think that uh, we punch above our weight a little bit in Australia in terms of tech. So it's nice to see it. There's, it's about five to 7,000 people here for the, yeah. for the Sydney summit. So it's a really great community, really great yeah. atmosphere. Wow, very, very cool. Very cool. Well, listen, um, the last time that... Uh, some folks from from a cloud guru were were on uh, not you two um, it was Ant and Ryan uh, we were talking more about AWS training and and the way that you guys were going about doing it and and we've seen a lot of really good feedback from listeners saying hey I'm going to take a course this is really easy uh, but one of the little tidbits that that we talked about at the end of that show which again was a, a year ago feels like it was just the other day was you guys Ryan had mentioned hey you know. We uh, we run our whole platform on serverless. We've been doing this stuff for a while. We, you know, we're kind of getting our feet wet on it. And um, so let's let's start there. Where are you guys? You know what what's what's been going on with a Cloud Guru over the last year? And and you know let's talk a little bit about about your experience in serverless because you guys are kind of becoming uh, you know the, the the face of a lot of these activities that are going on serverless comp and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, cool. So I mean, it might be worth just giving a, a very quick backstories to kind of how we got here. Um, so we we launched our very first A-Cloud Guru course back in January 2015 uh, on Udemy.com. Uh, that was my, my brother and co-founder, Ryan, uh, who launched those courses. Uh, and a few months later, I was chatting with him. I'm a software developer. I'm ex-Microsoft. I used to work on the, the Windows team in Seattle, and I worked on the SharePoint team in Norway for a while. Um, and I was having a chat with with Ryan, we were talking about, you know, learning and um, cloud and, and communities. And we thought, you know, it was our vision was basically, could we build the biggest cloud computing school on the planet? Could we build the community for people to come and learn cloud? Um, and we started thinking about, you know, if we could build our own school um, and we could bring that community together and give some really cool learning features, um, you know, we really think we could, we could build um, that community. So we got looking at it. So basically what I did was I, I, I had four weeks leave. I was work, you know, I had a full-time job. I had four weeks leave, uh, vacation time at, at owing to me. So 
I got on a plane. I took their wife and kids uh, down to Tasmania because I live in Australia and uh, took them to the to the in-laws and uh, <laughs> left them with the family. And I, I basically locked myself away in a dark room for four weeks. Uh, and my, my mission was, can I build a learning management system and online platform in, in four weeks? Can I build a and that's actually kind of the genesis of why we went serverless. It, 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 wasn't, uh, it wasn't a grand vision to build this thing, you know, with serverless technologies. It was actually born out of necessity. It was because I worked out that we could innovate. We could get this thing to market in four weeks and innovate a lot faster if I could leverage the work of others. So that's really what it was all about. What can I use? What third-party services can I use? How can I, you know, how can I not manage infrastructure? How can I not manage servers? How can I have a lot of this already done for me? And and we also knew we had to scale quickly because at that point we already had about ten thousand uh, people taking our courses, and we knew that once we launched this school, it wasn't going to be your typical startup that you know doesn't have any customers. You've got to find product market fit. We actually we knew we had that already, so we knew it was going to scale fast, uh, but we weren't going to have an ops team behind us in the early days. Uh, so that was why I made the decision to build it that way. Um, and yeah, so we launched the school and it went, yeah, it went crazy and it's been basically going crazy ever since. It's been such a, a great journey. There's so many, um, amazing people that we've met and so many engineers out there. Everyone's trying to learn cloud. Everybody's on this cloud journey. Um, and it's been, uh, so much fun to, to really um, help people in those learnings, help them get their AWS certifications, help them learn yeah. cloud. Uh, yeah, so we're, um, about, uh, about 200,000 customers now. Um, we launched the school about 18 months ago. So it's been a very, uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's been some really interesting scaling challenges. Uh, not so much the technology has scaled perfectly with yeah. serverless. It's more that yeah. the challenges of scaling the business and, you know, how do you support 200,000 customers? That's, that's right. Yeah. I remember when Sam took the initial four weeks off and came back, I was shocked because he had a whole platform built. He had forums, he had payments process, processing, um, you know, our users could sign up and stream videos. They could talk. They had all these features. And I was like, wow, Sam, you know, let's talk about this. How did you put this together? Because we've spent years, we actually worked together before. And, you know, we've spent years building, you know, your traditional uh, server-based software. Yeah. And there's no way we could have done it or Sam could have done it had he followed kind of a more traditional approach to software development. So yeah. this was an eye-opener. At least for me, I was uh, that was very interesting. Definitely, Sam put it all together. I, mean, I actually think we wouldn't have a business um, without serverless technologies because there's no way I could have done it in that time. So it would have failed. In the like, we wouldn't have actually got to market. Yeah, you know, it would have taken me a, a lot longer, and we might have missed the boat. So I think that that uh, rapid development yeah. accelerator that we got through using serverless technologies is yeah. actually the reason that yeah. um, the business has And I think it's a lesson for a lot of startups. We're seeing a lot of startups right now, you know, kind of going with serverless because they can move so quickly, because they can be so agile, because they can innovate mm. um, so rapidly. And not just startups, actually, enterprises as well. Mm. Um, they can see that they need to kind of leverage these technologies in order to overtake competition and kind of, you know, focus on business value rather than tech. And, and Sam, what made you, you know, when you, when you did kind of lock yourself in the room, um, what, what made you think, okay, I want to go develop this framework versus a, a traditional way? Like, what was that kind of very first, um, 
innovation, if you will, of like, okay, you need to design something. You've got all the business requirements sitting in front of you. You have the technical requirements sitting in front of you. But at the same time, you're doing something that that honestly probably didn't even have a name yet on it and and didn't necessarily have a framework around it so you were building a lot of, a lot of that as you went and and so what made you really be the genesis of this idea and um and and then then also if you could also explain a little bit of yeah when you say like it just kind of grew um very seamlessly tech, uh, from a technical standpoint what exactly do you mean by that which portions of it um specifically yeah, so back then there was no there was no term serverless nobody was saying using the word serverless. Um, Lambda was in beta. API Gateway didn't exist. Um, and again, I keep coming back to I, I don't really believe that that many startups actually come from a grand vision. I think a lot of um, grand visions are um, applied to businesses <laughs> after the fact <laughs> once they found something that worked. Um, I'm, I, I'm sure there are good exceptions to that. Uh, but I think if I think about my thought process, I had randomly um, come across a company called Auth0 um, at that time in my life, that Auth0 do authentication as a service. Uh, we still use them today. They're fantastic. Um, but that, that allowed me to drop a login box and use a sign-up and all of those features basically outsourced to Auth0. So someone comes to our website, they hit login, Auth0 render that login box. They, I, I literally log into the Auth0 dashboard and I can say, I want our users to sign in with Google, Facebook, Twitter, and I just, I just toggle them on. And, and suddenly it's all there and it works and they manage our user database. So I was looking at that and I thought, wow, just by just dropping this service in, I've got, I've saved myself two or three weeks of building a user authentication system. Just a basic one that doesn't have half of the features um, of all zero. So I was looking at that and I'd also come across Firebase at the time, which is a like a web-connected database. So it's a database that your clients, you know, web browsers, their actual end devices can connect to directly to download data and even save data to the database. So I'd been looking at that, and I was really impressed by what Firebase people and I was And I looked at it, I realized I could hook up a website. I could have the app connect directly to the database. So I had the web app, the website connect directly to Firebase. I could have authentication um, served by Auth0. And I just started taking that concept further. I thought, well, how well, this is great. I, I've managed to actually take my web server out of the loop for all of these scenarios. How much further can I take that? Um, you know, I don't really. I, I've got to write a bit of business logic in the back end, you know, to, to do things behind the scenes. But I, I, do I really want to spin up web servers and worry about scaling them and worry about you know keeping them patched and everything else um, when I've already got so many problems solved by these third-party services? So I started looking at well, what third-party services could allow me to just run some code behind the scenes in the cloud, um, and the. Beauty of obviously Firebase and Auth0 is they handle all the they solve the scaling challenges as well because they, their services scale automatically with load. Um, so I looked at Lambda. I was obviously looking a lot at AWS at the time. We were you know, Ryan was producing the AWS courses. Lambda looked really good, but there was no way to connect it to the front. Uh, there was no way to connect it to the front end via HTTP. You could you couldn't call Lambda from the web. It was only internal in AWS. Um, API Gateway didn't exist at that point. Uh, so I found this, uh, this system called WebTask, which is basically a precursor to Lambda. Um, and it's actually built by the guys at Auth0. It's kind of an offshoot from uh, something they, they built for their own infrastructure. So it's basically function execution as a service. Write a little bit of JavaScript um, and have it execute in the cloud for you on demand um, when your website calls it. Um, and they manage 
scaling challenges. So it was, um, it, it's a fantastic system. It's still out there. It's still being used. Um, um, Tomash actually comes and talks. Tomash, who invented it, comes and talks at, uh, he's been to every serverless comp so yeah, far. Yeah, talks. it's a great system. Yeah, it yeah. works very well. Yeah. It's really good. So we built it on that originally. Um, and when API Gateway came out and things got a bit more mature on the Amazon side, we, we, we switched over. And, you know, a lot of that for us, nothing bad about web tasks, but we like to practice what we preach. Yeah, you know, we're a cloud Amazon training school and we really like to show the community that, hey, you know, we can teach you this stuff because we're doing We've it. We've done it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. we know the pitfalls and we know it's not all silver bullets and rainbows and unicorns. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, there are challenges, uh, but don't worry. Like we can, we can take you through them because we've been through them. Yeah. Um, and sorry, what was the second part to your question? Um, just wondering from a, a technology standpoint, like how did, how did everything hold up and, and kind of what were some of your kind of either pain points or, or like you were saying, things that just worked perfectly? Um, you know, what did you end up kind of growing out of and growing into? You may have already answered it, quite frankly. <laughs> I think, yeah, if you look at services like Firebase and Auxera, these, these kind of third-party services, Stripe, PayPal, I mean, they're set up to scale. Um, you know, they've, they've, because that's what they do for their clients. They need to scale to have a business that, you know, can survive. But they need to scale to, you know, large numbers of requests and data throughput. So they've solved the scaling challenges there. But then there's also, obviously, scaling challenges on our side. Um, so we, our website is actually just hosted on a CDN. So we don't serve our website from any web servers. Um, there's nothing, there's no, like, Ruby on Rails servers or .NET servers uh, that you're every time you hit our website, you're not connecting through. You're just going straight to a, a standard uh, content delivery network, to a, just a standard CDN, which, which makes it really fast to load the initial uh, pages because, you know, it's edge networks. Um, so that, and that obviously scales, inherently scales. Um, and then calls through to our back end or calls through to Lambda and API gateways. So when that website loads in someone's browser uh, and it needs to call into our back-end cloud functions, it's actually just calling our APIs, just a whole series of Lambda functions um, that get invoked. So every time someone requests something from our API, Amazon just spins up a Lambda function to serve that. Um, so that, you know, obviously, Lambda is very, very scalable. Um, and so Amazon provision all of that infrastructure for us and, yeah. and keep it there ready to go so that when people make requests, it, uh, it, it's all there. Yeah, I think to me there were three challenges um, that have been resolved now to some extent. So number one was the lack of tooling, right? When we started, when Sam started especially, you know, there weren't really any frameworks um, for serverless. So Sam had to roll his own basically internal framework for orchestration, for deployments, uh, for testing and continuous integration. Uh, number two was, I guess, which, the, uh, which, yeah. I, sorry, which, which I can tell you our dev team are uh, very glad to be see the back of. That is now all gone. <laughs> yeah. sure. We're all in this framework. Yeah, that, so you know, it's a lot easier, for I sure. I mean, even a year ago, yeah. it was just yeah. myself and Peter in the dev team. Uh, we've scaled that out a lot in the last year. Yeah. So we don't, um, I don't do a lot of active development anymore, neither does Pete, but we have a, a team that. Uh, have come on and do that for us and they've moved it all over to serverless framework yeah. and, and they are amazing so yeah. if they're listening now they should know yeah they, they are, are awesome they've been fantastic yeah and, and um i guess the second uh point the second challenge was the maturity of some of the services obviously especially like sam said when lambda came out there was no api gateway so it was impossible to invoke lambda functions via http but still you know now you can and things are maturing but basically, even day by day, early on, API yeah. Gateway was um, missing some pretty basic 
That's right. You know, yeah. Like cause to add cause support to something in your oh, API God. was just a, a, such a headache. You had to. It was like so many things to configure. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas now they just have a button. Yeah. Enable cause. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And that, right. The challenge, and uh, like we are working on it right now, actually, is part of our content for a cloud guru. There weren't any kind of reference implementations or reference architectures, patterns, designs. So we had to kind of go through that ourselves. You know, we had to try things, see how they work, refactor, restructure, re-architect. And that's been an amazing learning experience. And, you know, we've now produced courses and we have talks that we do kind of about our journey. But that's something that, you know, kind of we had to go through ourselves. And I think like at least this year and next year we'll focus um, a little bit more on um, architectures and design patterns, especially for serverless architectures. Because yeah. I think a lot of people want to get into it, but they kind of, they don't know where to begin, yeah. right? Or yeah. how to actually solve the problem that they have. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That's- um, and it's an interesting one in that, you know, there's, there's great frameworks now and great tooling like serverless framework, and that has been a huge accelerator for us. It solves so many of the tooling gap issues between what Amazon provide and what you need as to, to be a productive yeah. developer. Yeah. Um, uh, but I also recommend that if you're just getting started with serverless and you've never done any serverless development, um, I, I, I would generally recommend just starting with the basics because when you use a framework, it's all hidden, yeah. you know, it's, it's all abstracted away from you. It's right? magic. Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely. It's magic. It just, you set it up and it works. And so I, I, I always suggest to people go and make, a basic Lambda function, configure API gateway. I mean, do it in the user interface in Amazon, you know, like don't worry about scripting it. Just get in there and, and get your hands dirty. Um, and then once you kind of learn the basics, go and learn a framework that will automate a lot of this for you, yeah. that will give you a lot of helpers. Um, yeah. We actually, and, yeah. we ran a workshop here in Sydney two days ago um, showing people how to do it all kind of manually from scratch and so people came up to me in the workshop and they said we've actually been using serverless framework for a while and uh you know building a, a serverless app and it's like it's actually really interesting to go outside the framework and do this just straight in the amazon user interface in the console it's like i actually kind of understand how it all hangs together exactly now. and now they actually know how to debug and where to look for problems if things do go wrong yeah so yeah yeah that's it yeah yeah so so yeah, brian sort of the, sort, sort, go ahead well brian. it's sort of the same mindset that uh it, it like we've had Kelsey Hightower on before and Kelsey spends a lot of time around things like Kubernetes and he's he, he gone as far as to build out this series called uh, Kubernetes the hard way. And, you know, he, he walks you from, you know, scraping it off the floor and getting it on a machine and booting it and all, you know, it's essentially the same thing you guys are saying, which is at some point you're going to, you want to use the tools that are going to make your life easier, but it, unless you sort of understand what's going on under the covers, you know, you, you run the risk that something's going to start happening and you're going to be like, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I never took the training wheels off my bike. I don't know why these things are happening. So that's, it's good advice. And obviously you guys are, are giving people the training facilities to be able to kind of go do that stuff, which is, which is cool. Um, so w- one of the things that's, that's, you guys have been fostering quite a bit. You've been leading quite a bit is this serverless conference, uh, which I, I want to say you guys are up to about the fourth iteration of them or fifth iteration. It's been in, it's been in New York. It's been in, uh, it's been in Asia. It's been in Europe. It's coming back to Austin, Texas here in a couple of weeks. Uh, um, give us a sense what, you know, what's, what's going on with the serverless conference. What's, you know, where's it growing? Who's attending, who's speaking, like, just give us the rundown on what's going on in that space. Yeah, I might just start very briefly with the backstory. Yeah, please go. Yeah. Um, so the serverless conference is, is 
uh, early last year, we were doing a lot with serverless, but the term serverless had been invented by that point, and everybody was kind of getting interested in, hey, what's the serverless thing, everybody? And uh, our, um, our our co-founder, uh, Ants Stanley, he was uh, sitting in a bar in Amsterdam, I think, and having a chat with a few of his uh, friends, and they were saying, hey, there's no serverless conference. And uh, yeah, so... From there, we, we kind of all got together and we thought, like, why isn't there a serverless conference? You know, everybody, it's new and it's different and everybody's talking about it. And, like, there's early adopters, but there's nowhere for people to share uh, their stories and experiences. And, you know, we wanted people to be able to help each other because um, we were very much part of that community and we, we saw some of the challenges of, you know, going serverless gets you uh, a lot of acceleration in certain areas, but it slows you down in others because of the lack of tooling. Um, so let's get people together and let's make those tools better. Um, uh, yeah, so we, we decided to run several, the first serverless conference we ran in a little warehouse <laughs> in Brooklyn, uh, in Williamsburg, actually. Um, and we're all from Australia and the UK, so, and, and we have people from Amsterdam. We all flew in, and uh, it, was, uh, it was a really great. It was like 250 people crammed in a warehouse. Uh, we forgot to book a venue with air conditioning. <laughs> So it was called the hottest conference on earth. Yeah, and, and it was yeah, like what literally. was it, ninety something degrees that yeah, day. But it was so much fun. There was so much yeah. passion at the conference, and I think everybody who attended loved. It was great. Yeah, I remember we had Tim Wagner, the DM of Lambda, came out and did a keynote, and that's where he smashed up some servers. Yeah. Opened the conference by smashing the servers with a baseball bat. That's which it, was yeah. like, we didn't even know who was going to do that. It was it was amazing. I remember he said, you know. We, I think we're all going to remember that we were here. You know? That's it, yeah. it does kind of have that feeling about it looking back. Um, but yeah, so from there we've been running. Uh, so, yeah, we ran a serverless conf uh, in Tokyo following September. So that was September 2016. And then we thought, you know, we need to do a conference uh, in Europe because there's a lot of interest, a lot of uh, serverless activity in Europe. So we decided to do it in London. And so we had um, the third serverless conference um, at the end of October in London. And that was fantastic. We had 400 people attend the conference, a lot of excitement, a lot of passion, a lot of local companies, and a lot of people flew from um, overseas as well. You know, we had people from the U.S. and even as far as New Zealand. Yep, Japan, uh, Australia. Japan, Australia. So, yeah. So somehow in one year we managed to cover U.S., um, Asia, and Europe as well. And mm-hmm. so towards the end of last year we thought, okay, we need to circle back um, to the U.S. We need to go back and kind of continue the conversation. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of decided that Austin will be the place of the next conference. And look, just the response has been just, just mind-blowing. Um, I think for the uh, yeah, so for the upcoming conference, we've had 150 or 160 submissions for talks, and so this is people who want to talk about serverless use cases, how they have done things, um, you know, all kinds of different things, uh, use cases, architectures, beginner talks, advanced talks. Yeah, uh, people are really excited, and we always try to yeah. have a really good mix of um, kind of practitioners and vendors because it, it's really important important to have the vendors there who are who are making the serverless technologies. Yeah, and we want to hear from them as well, right? What's their vision? What yeah. are they doing next? And what, what's yeah. coming? And, and But we also, it's always important to have a really good mix. Yes. Keep it as a community-focused conference about stories, user stories, yeah. you know, use cases. Yeah. yeah. What is amazing to me, though, is that, you know, this is one of the few conferences that has Amazon 
and Microsoft and Google and IBM together. You know, those the four biggest cloud vendors yes. um, on are, Earth at all of the same conference. And yeah. they're all sponsors. All so sponsors. It's, really, it's fantastic that they, yeah. that they all come in and, uh, you know, they're all really keen and making great technologies in this space. It's really awesome to have them all come and actually sponsor the conference yeah. and be a big part of it. Sponsor and talk as well. So, yeah, it would yeah. be great to hear, you know, from the teams that are actually building this stuff um, just to hear the vision uh, that they have. It's well, great to see the, computing. you see the you know the Lambda team standing alongside mm-hmm. the Azure Functions team and the IBM OpenWhisk team mm-hmm. and the Google Functions team. Like it's the, the guys are actually building this. You know that's really really amazing. Yeah, yeah, and 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 yeah. really. So for for folks that have up until now been kind of watching the server serverless movement kind of from the sidelines, like uh, you know the 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 conferences are doing really well. Um, you as kind of one of the original, you know, f- serverless frameworks, if you will, you've, you've doing really well, but, but, um, kind of give us the, the current status today of, um, is it, is serverless just synonymous with AWS Lambda because they seem to be thought of the most that are out there? Um, or is this kind of a, um, you know, a little bit of uh, fragmentation, if you will, of all the other ones, or you mentioned, you know, serverless conference, there's really... Uh, there is other players in the market. I just don't know if they're near, nearly as well known as AWS Lambda, right? Like, like you were mentioned, there's really four frameworks out there right now. So what is your kind of thoughts on the, the state of the industry? Well, look, by far at the moment, AWS and Lambda are the leaders in this space. You know, it's absolutely a lot of people are building software on Lambda. Yeah, um, um, but, you know, like I said, Microsoft and IBM and Google, they are coming up and they are really investing um, into that space as well. So, you know, it will be a really interesting, you know, next 12 to 18 months to see what happens. And the, and you find the, the other vendors, they're all, they're all differentiating. So they're all coming yeah. at it slightly differently. And it's a really interesting uh, market to watch. Like you look at what the Azure Functions team are doing, um, really um, kind of a different take on, on functions as a service. So, you know, in, uh, in, in some, so basically you can do things like um, you can pipe data directly into your functions in, uh, in Azure Functions. So uh, that ability, so let's say uh, you drop a file into blob storage in Azure um, and you want to ha- have Azure kick off some function to, to do some work in response to, you know, a new file, like a new image being uploaded and you want to generate a thumbnail. Um, you can configure Azure to actually pipe the data, the raw data of that image file straight into the function. So you don't have to write code in your function to say, okay, there's a new file. First, I need to go and download all the data for that file. I need to, you need to use the SDKs for Bob's storage to go and get it. They actually pipe it straight in. Um, and then you can pipe the data straight out. So they're, they're trying to uh, go for a slightly, they're targeting a different level of abstraction there. Yeah, um, absolutely. And let's say look at OpenWhisk. You know, yeah. OpenWhisk supports Swift um, as the programming language, which mm. is just unbelievable. Like, you know, if you're doing, if you're making iOS apps yeah. um, for your iPhone or um, Mac, it's awesome. You can build a backend using yeah. Swift and you don't need to learn another language. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. For, for app developers, that's huge. Um, and even Google Functions have this great... Um, Ability, you can live debug um, your That's great. your functions yeah. in production. So you can set breakpoint in the web browser on your function. It won't actually break the function because that would be bad. 
um, but it will capture, say, all of the, the state of all the variables. Um, at, so as these functions are being executed, at that point, it will go and capture, okay, your variable called, you know, A or my var or something was equal to 5 at this point. Uh, so that's actually really useful insight into uh, what's happening in production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to do yeah a little plug. Um, we had all the vendors talk um, at the last serverless conf in London, and all the talks are available online on YouTube. Um, if yeah, people go to video.serverlessconf.io, they can you know watch all the talks and see all the demos and yeah, kind of. It's very interesting um, just to see what yeah the vendors are building yeah. as well. And look, we're hoping that in Austin we'll continue that discussion. You know, what are the features that the community requires? What do we need next? How can we improve the state of art um, as we have right now? Yeah, yeah. And I would say the state of serverless more generally, like in, in the industry, we're seeing, it, there's, we're seeing a lot of adoption. There's a lot of adoption, a lot of different companies, especially in the startup space, people who are kind of more, uh, you know, doing green, greenfield projects and doing newer things. Um, but we're also, we also are seeing like enterprise Yes, yeah. um, coming on. The beautiful thing about server, let's say you're already in a cloud environment, um, you can just carve off a piece of your system. You can solve a small problem. It's not an all or nothing uh, kind of approach. So you could carve off a piece of your system and maybe say, well, we're going we're gonna to rebuild this. So we're going to hook this into Lambda um, to solve a new challenge. So yeah. just look at large enterprises like Nordstrom, for example. They have an amazing serverless team. Um, they are doing uh, just amazing things and they have projects on github that you can go and have a look at and you can see what how they're building things uh with a serverless approach capital one you know one of the largest banks in us as well um is building things on lambda so it's it's fascinating to see what's coming out and and at the risk of talking too long (laughs) one other thing I, i think is important to say is kind of we probably should have done it early on but really trying to define what serverless is yes um, yep because I think there's a lot of confusion. I think a lot of people think it's a, there's a kind of this, a, a little bit of a feeling in the community that's a bit of a fad because they see hashtag serverless everywhere and, you know, what does it even mean? I mean, uh, you know, there's obviously like the compute, the function as a service side of things. So we talk about Lambda, Azure Functions, Google Functions. Like that's the, you know, discrete execution of functions on demand in a massively scalable way. And that that's really compelling, but I and a lot of people are calling that function as a service, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to serverless, to try to differentiate. Uh, to me, serverless is an approach. I think I wrote a blog post on this. Um, yeah. Serverless is kind of a theme. It's an approach to building software, which is kind of like when at the start of the show I talked about you know starting the school and and using a lot of third party services. It's about it's about saying well, I I, I don't need to solve every problem i want to focus on the value that my product is providing to the market and that's where i should be focusing my efforts so it's about looking at services using rich web services like firebase auth zero stripe braintree these kind of uh, services that we use periscope for our bi and worry the good thing about like function as a service technology is you can kind of wire all these things together um, so it's an arc serverless to me is an architectural approach for wiring um, you know, really high-value services together with um, your kind of cloud infrastructure um, that you've deployed inside a, a cloud provider. So you, you end up building these really rich apps that are architected across a range of different services and providers. That's and it, kind of yeah. leveraging all of the great work they've done. You know, I can't, I couldn't do authentication nearly as well as Auth0, and I'm not even going to 
try. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't get any value out of doing that. Yeah. I think in your blog post, summarize it as function as a service plus backend as a service plus patents and architectures. That's what serverless yeah. uh, really is. Yeah. Right. And if you look at it from a kind of business value standpoint, I mean, you're the, the kind of really the use case here of it allowed you to go faster. It allowed you to uh, focus on your business. It allowed you to focus on what completely made a difference. And all of the, you know, the, the kind of, I'm using air quotes here, the guts of the system and, and things that wouldn't differentiate your business per se is, is just using another service and wiring it all together. And there are, you know, you've got to consider the trade-offs. There are always trade-offs. You lose some control uh, to make sure that, you know, the companies you're using, that you've done some research on them and you understand, like, what's their failover strategy. Um, I, I really like Charity Majors uh, came and talked at, uh, she talked at last two serverless comps, um, and she talked about ops in a serverless environment. I really like what uh, she said around, um, you know, like, your, like, say Firebase, Firebase's ops team are part of our ops team. That's the way we have to consider it. You know, if something happens at Firebase and there's an outage, we actually had an outage for about five minutes yesterday. Um, you know, we they they need to be responsive to us because our ops team can't operate without Firebase's ops team. You know, so you have to really consider um, the implications for your business and make sure you're comfortable. Yeah. You know, yeah so. This is one of the interesting things about ServlessConf. It you know, it, it's not just a conference where people kind of attend and talk about all the benefits, right? Yeah. It's actually, we've had a lot of talks that are on about the pitfalls, right? Yeah. The problems that you may experience and how would you solve them? Yeah. So because people do experience problems, it's not a silver bullet. Uh, here's all the pain you're going to experience. <laughs> but it is still worth it. But everyone's it's, still there, right? Yeah. They're still committed and they're there because they know that they're getting, at the raw level, they're getting real value out of it. But then, you know, obviously the focus in the community is, well, how yeah. do we make, how do we maximize that value? How do we, you know, solve some of the tooling issues? That's right. The architectural issues. Yeah. Yeah. Makes perfect yeah. sense. Hey, hey, Brian, um, we're kind of running up against the, uh, the end of the time here. Um, do you want to kind of take everyone through a little bit of the, uh, the announcements and, and kind of bring the teaser from the, the beginning of the podcast back, uh, back around here? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of speak on behalf of, of, uh, of Sam and Peter here. Um, so, so these fine gentlemen, have been, uh, you know, we've gotten to know them uh, just kind of electronically and face to face and stuff, and and um, they're going to be very very generous to all of you here uh, very quickly. So a couple of things, a um, couple of quick announcements that that they're making sort of uh, for you guys. Um, the first one is if anybody wants to go to the Serverless Comp event in Austin, which is uh, last week in April, um, if you use the Cloudcast 10, so all one word, uh, no spaces, um, you'll get 10% off your ticket. And that's for both attending the event or the um, uh, the activities that you can do, sort of the hands-on activities that you can do uh, ahead of time. So um, save yourself some money, get down there, go learn this stuff, go meet people. Um, and Brian and I will be there is, as well. So so definitely stop by and say, hey, if you can make it. We'd, we'd love to hear if you actually use the discount code and you're going to be there. Let us know. Yeah, absolutely. So that's part of it, and that's that's obviously got a, a timeline around it because uh, the event is a is in a finite period of time. The second part is is very cool though. Um, 
there's a couple of things, obviously, these guys would love to see you uh, doing more of. The first one is um, we'd like to get folks uh, working on your serverless skills, um, learning Lambda, learning API Gateway, learning all those things. Um, so they have a bundle uh, on the A-Cloud Guru site um, that we will post a discount code so you guys don't have to write this down while you're mowing the grass or walking or driving. Uh, but you'll get 30% off of the bundle that's on their site. So you can start getting up to speed on your serverless skills faster and cheaper. And then second of all, one of the most popular things that they do uh, is the Alexa skills. Obviously, um, you know, there's thousands of them. I think there's like 7,000 of them now. There's, I mean, there's tons of them. You can get them for basically everything. Um, but it's one of the most popular things on the A-Cloud Guru site. And they're going to offer uh, the ability to, to take the class for free for our Cloudcast listeners. So we will get uh, both of those uh, URLs and discount codes posted in the show notes. You guys will be able to, to get them when the show downloads. But uh, thank you so much to, to Sam and Peter for, for being so generous. And, and hopefully people are going to take advantage of that and get a lot smarter and, and start using those skills in their business. No worries. Thank, thanks for that. I really encourage it around the, the civil stuff. I really encourage people to you know, get on and have a, have a play. I mean, there's a couple of courses there where you build your first serverless apps. So you're building that bot. Uh, yeah, so it's actually it's hands-on. Stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. Please build something, try it, and look, reach out to us. Tell us what you built. You know, if you make something cool, let us know. And we also have um, an awesome blog that we run, and we blog a lot about serverless. Yes. Um, so if you go to read.acloud.guru, you can um, see uh, a lot of um, a lot of our blog posts on serverless, including Sam's blog. Um, where he defines serverless. Yeah, yeah, and we also have a, a section of our blog for uh, where we invite Alexa champions, uh, some of the people that Amazon have named Alexa champions to blog about Alexa. So if you're really into Echo and Alexa, that's worth that's checking very out. very well. cool. Yeah. yeah, and and at the risk of over-promising, um, be on the lookout for uh, Cloudcast content there in the very near future. But, but of course, you know, I've been promising a website for like five years now. So, but... Uh, hope, hopefully, in the in the not too uh, distant future, you will also see Cloudcast uh, content on that exact same site, and we'll put a put that link in the show notes as well. Um, fantastic, uh, kind of one stop shop for uh, for ser- for really good serverless content, without a doubt. Yeah, very cool. Well, listen, guys, uh, I, we want to. We know you're busy because you're you're going to get back to uh, day two or day three of the the Sydney uh, AWS event. We want to. Thank you so much for being on. Thanks for uh, making the time for us and coming all the way across the world. And um, what's the best way for anybody to go find you guys? Uh, you know, either on the web or, or you know, at events or, or where you know. What's what's the best way to reach out to you? Uh, yeah, so I mean, there's our website, acloud.guru. Um, uh, and we also have our Twitter account is probably the best way to reach out beyond our. You know, we have a support channel and stuff like that, but it's our Twitter handle is um, at acloudguru. One word, acloudguru. Um, so Twitter's a great way to reach us. Um, yeah, so we're on everything. You know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> LinkedIn, Facebook, however you, however you communicate. Just with. scream out yeah. Yeah, to the boy and we'll hear you. We'll yeah. hear you. That's it. Yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much, uh, um, Sam and, and Peter. And thank you, Brian, as well. Um, and... You know, hopefully uh, we'll, we'll get uh, everyone together, uh, not necessarily in hotel rooms all around the world for the next podcast, but certainly to all the listeners out there. Um, thanks again for listening this week, and we'll talk to everyone next week. Thank you very much. 
Thank you for listening to the Cloudcast. Please visit thecloudcast.net to find more shows, show notes, videos, and everything social media.